0: Welcome to the Boardwalk Breakdown Podcast, featuring Michelle Riley, Michael Cross, and me, Brendan O'Neill. Basically, we're fans of the HBO show Boardwalk Empire, providing some analysis and silly commentary. If you have any comments or questions, you can contact us on Twitter, at Boardwalk Break. Enjoy the show. So I want to start before everything started. Okay. Oh, okay. I want to start, like, season one... Trailers, previews. Okay. When were you? When were you in with this show, and what drew you to it? I can say for sure, the first commercial I saw for the HBO little teaser trailer of, you know, thirty seconds for the show. I was in to get from the first five seconds. You saw Jimmy Dormidy with the uh, gun in mm-hmm. the lobby or something with right. a hat or not? I don't remember. Uh. Because I love the Prohibition era. Uh, I'm all... I love that stuff. I've done some research about it. I have another project I'm working on that I want to talk about, but...
1: Really?
2: Yeah.
0: I'm working on a book that I've been working on for, I don't know, five years and I've never gotten any further than the first few pages of it. Well, I think but, that, uh, whole, yeah, that whole Spats era, it. the I Prohibition
2: era, the Flappers, I mean, some of this stuff goes back to even yeah. college, having touch points on that. And, I love it. Uh, the beginning of it for me really became when I saw those trailers with Steve Buscemi, who happened to be one of my favorite ap- actors at the time, still is, uh, because he's typically playing an off-the-rails right, off the rails character you know, in is some way. This very for him. It's straight, but this is a character who is off the rails. Right, right. There's no question. He's yeah. playing a straight man in a, you know. But I mean,
1: for his. For, yeah, choice. for
2: his character. And as soon
0: as you see, I, I think for a lot of people who weren't in, when you see uh, produced by Martin Scorsese, well, okay, you're in. that's where I got oh, it. It. So in. I'm
1: going to say that I actually probably read about. Scorsese's working on this project that Dang. costs $18 million. And yeah. It's a TV show for yeah. HBO. So that's that was honestly. $18 how million
0: for the pilot. For the, the episode. Yeah, for the
1: episode. Yeah. Um, that's how I came to it because, you know, pretty much you say Martin Scorsese and I'm, I'm in right there. Secondly, you've got Irish and you've got Mafia. Okay, number <laughs> two. <laughs> I'm in right there. Um, I will say, though, that all <laughs> in all, the show is a lot darker. And more ominous than I sort of expected really? from Scorsese. Yeah.
0: I thought it would be as bad, if not worse. Yeah, I, I think I... Because that time was like that. Right, and I, I mean...
1: But it's also got... there's You can totally do a, a happy... Whitewash seventy six trombones version of sure. this too, you know. But, but Scor- that's not
0: prohibition. That's the twenties. That,
1: yeah, yeah, right. And
2: you know? that's not Scorsese either. That's the right. other thing. That's kind of the giveaway. I mean, maybe there was a thought there that, and I, I could see how you could get there. You're like, oh, the Sorry. you know the Roaring Twenties or you know the prohibition right, right, era, the 20s. fun, yeah, the, yeah. um. But as soon as I see Scorsese and I've got Steve Buscemi, I'm in. And I mean, I know what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of quality killing going on. <laughs> I'm in. And, yeah, and I'm in. Well, so I knew right away. There's
1: no shortage of that. Yeah. Ugh, body for, count.
0: I mean, I don't know if there was something in between. There probably was, but this is effectively on the heels of Gangs from gangs from New York. Which is York.
1: another
0: masterpiece in my yeah, Absolute master It's amazing. i mean, ooh, and... The Jimmy Dormity character kind of oh, looks God. like Caprio a little bit. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of, you we know, kind of tied in visually, at least a little bit.
1: I would. I never thought of that. I loved
0: it. I did right away. <clears> I never I thought it. of it's that. A, it's a Caprio it's kind of Leo Leo lookalike. Yeah, yeah. Right. He
2: found the cheaper version of Leo.
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we want to jump the shark on that, but the Jimmy <laughs> thing is like. I mean, I. To me, it seemed like they were building the show around him as much as Nucky from day one.
0: All right. So that's. A point I want to talk yeah. about is, <laughs> um, <laughs> do you remember, I don't know what year it was, uh, the first episode, the first season of E.R.? Yes. You were brought into the show through the eyes of Noah Wiley's character.
1: Right, right? it was like his first day of work or something like that? Yeah, it was
0: the beginning of The his whole <laughs> first couple seasons, you were effectively seeing things from his per- perspective as a newbie,
1: oh, I a would, new
2: resident. Right, think
0: Carter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carter. <laughs>
2: I actually liked that show, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, everybody I fell did. off it the wagon like a,
0: after a season yeah. three, well, four, five no, yeah. Talk about
1: Jump the Shark. But anyway.
0: So he he comes in Definitely. as the innocent, and you're sort of learning how the ER works through him, because you're watching him do stuff. He's asleep in the, one of the surgery right. bays or whatever. Um, surgery
1: bays. Bay am, one.
0: <laughs> listen, I know this is a show. you get a gallbladder in bay one. I am not a, a doctor. I'm a medical person. I have no medical background, <laughs> although I have some freelance pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals.
1: Pharmaceuticals we can talk about later. Yeah,
0: freelance, um,
1: <laughs>
0: freelance. freelance. Um, so I, I think Jimmy plays that role in the first few episodes of Black Empire. He's the innocent. He's just back from the war. Yes. he's coming back into Nucky's world. He doesn't know. He's he's mad that he's not involved. He's below.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Is definitely, he's below, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Mickey Doyle on the totem pole and he's pissed off about it he's Mickey just his driver Doyle. now um, so I, that, uh, he's the uh, Noah Wiley I, Carter what, whatever yeah. well yeah I mean is. he's
1: standing in for you I guess the one, yeah. the viewer yeah. right so discovering what's happening in when the he finds
0: you're... out stuff you find out stuff yeah um, alright so season one let's jump into that okay we're, we're basically already into it um $18 million dollars for the first episode. The trailer. Crazy. The, uh, Absolutely uh, crazy. Yeah, the pilot, the, uh, the pilot right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Can we first say the theme music? Oh, it's great. It's brilliant. It's great. Who wrote
2: that? Do we you know? You know,
1: it's Brian Jonestown Massacre, I think. Really? Yeah. Um, I happen to... And I always
2: like it. What? It's one of those... It's very long. The open to that is very long. And I find myself listening to it. What Wait. I love about it is how much it does not match the time. Right? Yeah, I know. It's so out of character for the the era that we're dealing was with. Was that song every,
0: written for the show? It I was I believe not. It existed before, right? I, it existed yeah, before. Yeah. But prior. do you remember
1: that old song? Must be the season of the witch. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And yeah. Um, that was actually featured at the end of uh, the Nicole Kidman one. To Die For? To Die yeah, For? Yeah, yeah, To Die For. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, every time I hear the Boardwalk Empire song, anyway, that's the song I think of, because it kind of has the same progression. But anyway, I digress. Go yeah. ahead.
0: So in watching these DVDs, and, and I'm a sucker for the commentaries. I don't... when I buy I buy these things specifically for the... <laughs> for the commentary. The commentary, yeah. yeah. Right,
1: you've already seen the show. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I
0: just want to hear them talk about it. Uh, one of the things that jumps out at me is that Everyone always talks about the opening scene and the bottles and the, yeah. the rolling the tide, water and yeah, and how some of that c g and whatever um the next thing they talk about are nuckys shoes yeah Love The gets stopped everywhere he goes and asked about the shoes and where really? to find them and people are now Mike and I are obsessed with these shoes yes i am i mean I, totally. need, I need to own one of these pair and i I won't pay six hundred bucks for them what what but what kind are they they're like. I forget It's Ferragamos
1: like Fiorentini
0: fi- Fiorentini It's oh, some sort of uh, Italian, Italian maker me. They're 600 plus The pair I'm like whoa I uh,
1: smell a
0: birthday present I would Oh Forzieri Forzieri oh, f- 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 <laughs> And
2: they're extremely 630 bucks I mean <laughs>
1: Well as my husband would say You know Two-tone can put tip a, price on a good two. pair of shoes
0: uh, I will agree with him, but at six hundred and thirty dollars, no
2: one's <laughs> buying those shoes in my life. Look, I, you know what? I'll tell you what. When, they're fantastic. When, when I get there, I will. They're fantastic. If I get there, I will definitely be. You know, I, I would definitely be. I need to enter movies. a contest <laughs> somewhere,
0: or I win something. Or I, I
2: mean, look at is, these things. I, yeah, they the are people on the podcast can understand this. That's but a good
1: looking shoe. Wow. Does it say? Does it credit the? Show
2: well, you know what? I searched because I couldn't remember. <coughs> I thought there were Fiorentinis too, but yeah. I then I started thinking whatever they yeah. weren't. But uh, Forzieri and their... um,
0: three Irish people talking about some Italian <laughs> name, right? right. Know about. And yeah, it's it's like
2: me when I saw Justin it's Timberlake like, and the, uh, the uh, the black and white two tone uh, wingtips, and I'm like, oh, those look sharp. And I found out they were Christian Louboutins, uh. and $975 a pair. I was exactly. like, well, maybe we'll wait. Um,
1: <laughs> maybe All we'll
0: right. wait. so uh. That's what I heard from the uh, uh, Blu-rays over and over again. The shoes. The opening scene, the the, the credits and the shoes. Um, The other thing before we get into it is that basically these, just like uh, Gangs of New York, uh, this series was based on a book. Right. Right. The book is not some great work of fiction or whatever. I mean, it's like a historical take on how... Atlantic City developed, right. I mean, the, the history of. I mean, like Gangs of New York, if you read it, and I I read it, it's a historical account of how these gangs operated in New York. And there, there's none of, of course, I mean, no surprise, there's none of this character-driven stuff in the book. It's all about, like, right. here's how Atlantic City was formed, or right. one that we know today. Um, and, uh, I mean... It's amazing to me the amount of historical accuracy they have in the show
1: currently. It is. And actually, that's one of the things that, I mean, listen, I'm from Chicago, so as soon as <laughs> they start having Al Capone in there and the, and the yeah. side story or and parallel story of Cicero in
0: yeah.
1: Chicago, I'm immediately, of course, interested that. Yeah, you get drawn in, in, right. And I love that stuff. Um, yeah. But it is interesting how you'll hear, you'll hear you know, even, uh, Lans- what's his name, Lansky? Well, Meyer Lucky Lan- Luciano, Meyer, Lans- and Lucky Meyer- Lan- Lansky, Meyer
2: Lansky and Lucky Luciano, um, Charlie Luciano,
1: even Joe Torre. I mean, you know all of those Torrio. names. Yeah. You know, you know all those names from from real and obviously Chicago
2: you mafia history. Well, you know
0: and, what? yeah, uh, one of the ways that I got into it, well before the show, when I started researching, the book that I'm hoping to eventually write is that uh, I used to live off of Tui Avenue in Skokie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I looked it up just by chance, and John Toohey was a big gangster name yeah. back in the Prohibition days. I'm like, oh, I, I, I didn't realize knew. that. The, I yeah. thought it was just down in the heart of Chicago. It spread to no, uh, Cicero oh, actually, and Skokie even, really. and the south side. And, I mean, yeah. it was all over the place. I mean, to
2: a great point, uh, Dina's family, my wife's family, owns a bunch of property in northern Wisconsin. And there's a, there's a golf resort that Al Capone used to right, go right, up right, to. Right. Uh, to hide out. I mean, the place is called the Four Seasons. It has been for a hundred years or ninety years, and we all call it Capone's. That's where he would go and hide when he was when the heat was on in Chicago. So Four Seasons, Four
0: Deuces. Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, yeah. I
1: don't. I don't want to take this into like a crazy <laughs> tangent here, but you know, it's just occurring to me as we're talking about this. I really didn't think this through before. When you think about Scorsese, and you think about, um, you know, his connection to Italian mafia movies, whether it's Goodfellas. Um, and then obviously the gangs of New York when you're talking more about an Irish mafia although it's not really you kind know, of really Irish mafia and then then this of course it's really interesting to me um how they are sort of casino Casino. yeah yeah which might you know I guess he was Jewish in there. well
2: I mean it was Jewish Italian right there was right. a little bit of Irish but the Irish guy was the one who's got got his head squeezed off
1: yeah, it's just an <laughs> interesting in the vice. Yeah, of course. Of course, the
2: Irish guy takes the vice. <laughs> but that's
1: actually—I mean, I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. It's just that you know, in college, I had written a thesis paper on The Godfather and you know, oh, all the metaphors. It. Where is that? It. I want to read it. Oh, I'm sure. I still
0: have oh, it somewhere. see, I did do the right thing.
2: <laughs> <you> me. <laughs>
0: another,
2: gr- another great movie. <laughs> another great. movie I wrote a paper on that. And you know. yeah. No, I mean, I lo- what I love about it is, is that it does follow that historical it does take the historical yes. data it of course <laughs> is manipulating it right? Scor- right as only scorsese can do
1: but pretty true to the fact true to
2: the true to the fact but by just you know like right. shifting things 5% 10% 15 20% mm-hmm. here or there just making it a little bit different i mean the character of nucky thompson there was a guy nucky johnson who mm-hmm. was the primary driver behind this era in atlantic city city history uh, that drove a lot of this activity during the Prohibition time. So he's following the script. I mean, he's yeah, Almost based everyone on true story.
0: In the show is a historical figure, right. Except Jimmy, I think his mom, and I think R- Jimmy Richard Car- Harrow.
2: Richard Harrow is probably one of my favorite characters on the show.
0: Everybody else is like a, a real historical figure. I mean, for the most part.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I even wrote Richard Harrow on my notes just so that I. I mean, we would certainly touch. I on I
0: heard it, the because uh, you know. Where writers will put a name, give a, a character a name where the, the first name or last name sort of gives a hint to their personality or their mm-hmm. circumstance. Richard Harrow was Richard Harrower hmm. before, but they couldn't, That they kept getting tripped up by the Harrower yeah. part in the name, to so they became Harrow yeah. because they couldn't figure it out. Interesting. But yeah, um, it's interesting. So anyway, uh, season one, and. We're going to go through every episode. We're not going to give it... Er, not every episode. Every season. Uh, we're not going to give... <laughs> right. The highlights. The justice because, I mean, each... I mean 12 episodes of dozens and dozens and dozens of characters and plot lines, changes, change, plot lines Plot changes, Plot changes,
2: plot lines, plot changes.
0: The basics for season one are um, the premiere opens at the eve of... or on the eve of Prohibition. Um, you know, we see all kinds of Partying going on, and like the the end of the uh, 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 current time of of, uh, free drinking, I guess you want to call it, (laughs) um, before the Volstead Act, Um, Jimmy's back from World War I, Um, he comes back to Nucky, and he's mad that he's not sort of, doesn't have any sort of status. He's got this injury, fought for the country, we find out later why he went over there, but... um, in season two or three. Um, But uh, uh, he's sort of pissed off, and uh, he's just Nucky's driver. Um, And then Margaret comes into the situation. Margaret (laughs) is, and I'm going to argue, she might be one of the more demented characters in the show.
1: I would agree. She I also find her to be frustrating because she vacillates so many times. Right.
0: She's the only one I think I think the only one maybe sh- short of Richard Harrow. The only one who seems to have any sort of a moral compass. Right. And she throws it away at anywhere. Well right. That which she is actually
1: more upsetting right. than somebody who's pretty straight ahead there about their morality. are
0: intensely despicable there people right. in this show. And she might be the worst because of that,
1: right? W- with the less integrity, let's yeah. say.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I would uh, I would certainly argue that uh, outside of very sideline characters on this show, there is not one character on the show with any redeeming qualities. <laughs> I mean, it's a strong stance to take. No, I don't know. I, start. Well, they all have start some kind of. Yeah.
1: no, you're right. And I mean, it,
2: of course, that makes for interesting, right? right. I mean, we don't. W- I don't want to see. Normal suburban dad Absolutely. who goes to work at right. nine, comes home at six, whatever. I'll give
0: you one. And she's not a major character, but in the, in the first season she plays a role. First two seasons, I think. Um, maybe, at best, you say it's Jimmy's wife.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: she's sort of an innocent... Yeah, very innocently caught up first, in first, at least. It. Right. And I mean, and,
2: yeah. But,
1: but I do think the whole point of how... I mean, this is for every drama, right? Nucky... The the show starts with him really having what is clear to be a lot of angst around his past and around his father, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know the season
0: psychological on this. That's very well. Good. No, and he well, ends up burning no, the no, house down. Like... You know,
1: talk about burn the mother now. But <laughs> I mean, he... <coughs> and, and throughout throughout everything that happens with Nucky, the truth is you are you are uh, invested in him because you think this might be the time when yeah. he reveals his. His conscience, right? Every time, you know, so when he ends up with Margaret, you know, you think maybe this is going to be the thing that saves him. And I think he might even think it might be the same. Well, I would
2: argue that he and Margaret are very similar. I I mean, you know, that constant wave of looking like you're going to do something that falls on the moral side, the the proper side of the moral line, whatever that moral line might be, or the moral line for the time. And then he he completely fails you. Right, and I think it's uh, it's they're kind of the score- same. I think yeah. they're the
0: same in this first season. In the first season, at least, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And I think Scorsese drives a lot of his characters like that, and yeah. um, he has you on this roller coaster throughout. And it's the unique part for this is that it's not a Scorsese vehicle. It's right. not a movie. Right. It's not a two and a half hour punch you in the gut. Uh, you know, kill seventy five people, <laughs> and you walk out of the movie theater. Either laughing, crying, or smiling—whatever. Uh, it's more of a slow kill on right. Scorsese's part, right? <laughs> exactly. So he he constantly burns you with. I'm gonna I'm gonna build you. I'm gonna build this guy up right to the edge of where you're gonna really like him, and then he's gonna do something that absolutely fucking drains it. It's right. people who does are that
0: thinking constantly. they're doing the right thing, even when they do the wrong thing. Like they they exactly think they're, well, they, they're yeah. just and that's and the moral
2: not. the moral compass thing is that the bulk of these characters or the uh, the protagonistic characters, right? None of them have that, right? Right. So, it's really just watching. You know, you're like in a. It's like being in a window watching these people exactly completely toy with other people's lives and uh, their own lives in a lot of ways. And um, yeah. well,
1: I mean, everybody's trying to get over, right? And I mean, there's nothing new on that, but but it is guised in these ebbs, you know, the ebb and flow of this...
0: So uh, Margaret comes in o- along these lines, and I mean, depending on where you are in the, in the season, she comes in, and she's got this abuse, oh, Hans. She, she, abusive... Abusive husband, Hans. Right. Uh, <laughs> damn Germans. Every time. Every Seriously, time what was she uh, Yeah. So she comes to Nucky for help, gets some money from him, he takes a liking to her immediately, and then... Various things happen, and eventually, effectively, Nucky has her husband killed. Right. And that doesn't stop her from immediately shacking up with Nucky and moving in and being, or Nucky being her benefactor. Right. And she just wants the good life without any of the struggle to get there.
1: Well, I want want to stop. As the only woman on this panel, I do want to say there's a big difference between current day wanting the good life and the circumstances that that woman was in. So she needed a benefactor
2: or the world she would have been in after her husband was dead wow. which would have been
1: um, right yeah i mean it's it's a, it's a little bit more severe there she was really i right. mean you you could even take the take the tact you know make an, make a play for saying that she was you know trying to find a way to provide for her children right absolutely and so absolutely. i do actually think that that was part of the appeal to nucky because again he was going to find redemption in and taking over these children and, you know, providing this instant family, and boy, look what he did for her. Yeah. So, um, however, he had to rationalize the murder, and, and really the murder was secondary to the fact that he needed a Patsy to right. take the blame for of the course. situation. Yes. Um, but he was able to justify all these things because he thought in the end the ends justified the means.
2: Yeah. Well what i love is the word the word you used in there was redemption. Yeah. Right. And it seems like that's like a that. constant recurring theme throughout is it's like and maybe that's what I was speaking of when I was right. talking about I the waves, so. is like these characters are constantly looking for redemption and they get right to it and then they immediately claw themselves back down. Right. Uh, something
1: very Machiavellian about this. Right, movie. right.
2: Yeah. And and it's character development and it's character driven and I understand why it's done. It just makes for very gripping kind of yes. you know, roller coastery ride. I mean, I can't tell you the countless times that I've finished an episode of this and Ooh. sat there with the TV on pause or off or just and started thinking back to what just happened in the forty five, so fifty. Dense. And because it's so, yeah. And sometimes I'd even go back and watch a second time so I could catch things that I was missing. Yeah. Um, just very, very compelling.
0: Now we we jumped ahead a little bit with Margaret, but so (laughs) Nucky's got this girlfriend Lucy. Oh
1: my god, who's a a fucking
0: train wreck. Love her. (laughs) She's nuts. (laughs) So he obviously she's just there and whatever um he's looking for something more apparently um i mean there, there's a scene in i think the first season where he he's talking to whoever whatever political bigwig bigwig he's talking to about issues whatever and lucy tries to pipe up and be involved and it's just a mess and then that parallels a later scene where uh you uh, know, and, and they make fun in typical twenties fashion. Like the women don't have a voice; and they don't know what's happening in the in the world. Right. And blah blah blah. Whatever. They're just disposable. Whereas when he meets, I think uh, Margaret's bringing him something at the uh, uh, at the oh, at, yeah. at, at the club. Babettes babats. Uh, and oh, thank you very much. And he, he's sort of See, that's about the to.
1: twenties. I want to be. I know.
0: Totally <laughs> about to usher yeah. her out. And then one of the guys he's talking to, one of the political allies he's talking to, makes a comment, I think, to, to Margaret. Um, I think specifically designed to sort of trip her up. And then she comes back with a political answer that is actually well thought out and, and, and put together pretty well. And he sh- she shocks the hell out of all the guys and Nucky. And right there, you can see Nucky sort of
1: yeah. So yeah, it's the, like oh, the, the I want to be off. with her. Right.
0: F- fuck this Lucy. She's she's out of control and she's a, a mess. This is the one I want to talk to. And
1: uh, well, there's some there's some alluding to a past with with Nucky, and there was right. a, clearly at some point a wife and, and a child, I believe. Mm. Yes, and I don't know where we stand on that today, but.
0: I still um, mostly, yeah, that, I think that's still buried yeah.
1: Well, I'm sure we're going to find out but um, That's got to
0: be season 5 right? It's got to come in play
1: But I mean, <coughs> obviously there's that um, Escapist You know, quality well, To it's like, girlfriend, and then they're saying Well, this might right. work, but it's also You know, very strategic too It could be good for his career, if mm-hmm. she's Savvy enough right. to help that situation There's so many ways that I mean, That could be helpful yeah, and it's also Personally, like, you know, he, it, it feeds into his um, ability to feel better about himself yeah. because, you know, of the good deed he's doing. and um, It feeds into the sort of pragmatic aspect. Where he of was sort of
0: embarrassed to have Lucy by his side. Now he, he sees Margaret as someone who can be next to him and hold her own in these larger conversations. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Love it. All right, so... Blah blah blah. We go through all kinds of stuff. Um, the season goes on. One of the guys who shows up, <clears throat> who I think in the first two or three, two, first two seasons, is vying for the creepiest character in the show. Is Van <laughs> Agent Van Alden. I
1: knew where you were going. Fantastic.
0: Go, yeah. Unbelievable. Michael God. Shannon, the guy is Chicago guy. Is by a the way,
1: creepy dude. He's, He's a Chicago guy. Yes. Too amazing.
0: So he's got this whole step religious, alone, right? yeah, he's a yeah. fanaticalness to him with his with his wife, and you see his his whole relationship. Um, but he eventually spirals out of control. Not so much in this first season, but you see right. sort of glimpses of his <laughs> creepiness. I mean, Michael Shannon's amazing, unbelievable. He and, is. But every time I see him, not so much in this first season, but since then. I only think of that video of him with the uh, sorority girl letter, where he's talking about uh, when he, he's reading that yeah, yeah. <clears throat> letter, <laughs> and he throws out "cunt punch," "cunt punch," "cunt punch," "cunt punch." <laughs> I mean, when I, when I when I go back and see these episodes, see, I'm like, I "Oh my god," it. Van Alden said, "cunt, cunt
2: punch." One of my one of my absolute favorite points <laughs> about about ever. Michael Shannon is is that when Boardwalk Empire Empire started, he was only thirty six years old. And the character thirty six. Uh. He looked forty six. Forty at least. More <laughs> like fifty plus. I uh, he just plays that straight man So unbelievably yeah. well uh, and it's, yeah. all,
1: it's brutal to watch yeah. He looks so uncomfortable himself that well, it looks like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like
2: He looks like a guy who is very uncomfortable In his own skin That's yeah, yeah. what I, I found from the get go yeah. Who again Without lacking Not necessarily lacking a moral compass But lacking ah. any kind of direction Right. He was a guy who had no Well he, he was would,
1: clinging to religion as his yeah, as, as his, his direction.
2: Right, right. right. Yeah. And, and as, as, as most of us at this and table and, know, we're <laughs> we don't believe in clinging to religion for Come on. Uh, <laughs> well. For the purpose of guiding your life. I mean it's a good, good <laughs> All
1: thing, right, to that's have, another but podcast. let's yeah,
2: that's a whole other podcast. Let's not go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I just love this character.
1: Oh, he is amazing.
2: For how he plays, how he plays the character, they just the the incessant
0: awkwardness of the character, yes, um, or the righteousness that he has, like yes, I'm above everybody else, and it's you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong for these reasons, and then in his own life, he is a
1: fucking mess, yeah,
0: and in an instant, Yeah.
2: like here we go, back he's to the this, ultimate
0: hypocrite in this show.
2: The Scorsese characters go as you think they're on the rise, doing the right thing. He immediately snaps. Yeah, and does yeah, it, and completely goes, uh, does a one eighty on you, and he becomes, again, where all these characters <laughs> are. Boardwalk Empire becomes a villain, right? And he I actually think bag. you were yeah, on yeah. something,
1: Michael, when you were kind of going into the religion thing, which is to say, you know, we, we made it. We made a statement that Nucky was somewhat using Margaret to feed his ego in terms of the good that he was doing to feed her. You know, he's being righteous about religion at a certain point. Totally. The judgment that he's doing. And that may be a way for him to mitigate the demons he has inside of him. Exactly.
0: But
2: like counterbalance,
0: right? It's a classic Scorsese move, like you were saying. And it's not just Van Alden, it's all these characters. As soon as they stand up, they cut their legs out. Yeah, they're they're, they're always themselves. falling yeah. down constantly, right. and it's amazing. One thing
1: that we haven't mentioned yet that I I find to be one of my favorites is is the introduction of Chucky. Uh, excuse me, Chucky. Chucky, Chucky, White. White.
0: Chucky absolutely. And I was holding that off because I he, uh, yeah. he he just might be my favorite character. He might not be mine sure too. We, yeah. could might be my a, we could probably spend. We could probably do a whole podcast. Yeah. On we'll, we'll come back. Chucky. But then. I actually yeah. think
1: the relationship between Nucky and Chucky. Is very similar to the one between Nucky and Margaret, which is to say, oh, on the face of That's it, interesting. Wow. they they seem. You think at first like maybe there's this brotherhood between them, right? There seems to be some modicum of loyalty or agreement mm-hmm. or at least brother in arms, and
0: or are they just using each other?
1: They are clearly, clearly using each using other, each other. Right. And, but and and that I think you find out later down the road, especially in season. War, really, but I mean, it is interesting how they both seem to have this, w- which immediately, because of the circumstances, when you add the you know racial sp- plotline to it, yeah. you, you sort of bolsters you know thinking, well, how brave Nucky is you know, standing
2: up to the KKK, right? And all and Chalky's name, and yeah, but
1: it is again so Machiavellian, so pragmatic, so yeah, it's so. There's any
0: number of reasons behind it, although. On its face, like it was unheard of. I mean, I, I have to imagine. That. I would it think that at the time it, it was. Unheard it was fairly of. rare at yeah, nothing else. It was at that not
2: time. a common thing. And it's, right, it's but it wasn't also
1: confined to the warehouse at Chalky's. He was, <laughs> you know, in the Ritz and everything else. So, I mean, it was yeah, fairly was open, you yeah. know, in terms of. And <clears> the <throat> fact that they had the um, nightclubs that were owned by the African Americans that were frequented by. Yeah, yeah.
2: Kids. It was.
0: So this is one thing I want to come back to, because um, during season one, uh, Jimmy is frustrated. Nucky, and he's doing all kinds of stuff on behalf of Nucky, and it's not right. And Nucky says, all right, get out of here. Just
1: right. get, get out of my face.
2: We're yeah. the really key to me. the story. Go to Chicago.
0: Yeah, I go to Chicago. Cool off. We'll get you back here eventually. He doesn't say that, but it's kind of implied. Um, so in Chicago... Jimmy gets a girlfriend, apparently, uh, yeah. some sort of prostitute in the, one of the uh, Capone-run bars or...
1: Jotorio, I think.
0: Torrio. Jim, Jotorio. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a
1: brothel.
0: Facilities, yeah. let's just call it that. <laughs> a multi facility. Multi-purpose facility. Um, Entertainment it's like,
2: it's, palace? Like, it's like an indoor batting cage place exactly, now. Exactly. Only exactly. a Dave different and bats. Busters. Yeah, Dave and Busters. It, oh, it is a Dave different and Busters. Busters.
0: All kinds of games for everybody. Yeah. There's alcohol. It's great. Uh,
1: Chicago hasn't
0: changed <laughs> so <in the> <laughs> No. I mean, so her name <laughs> is Pearl. And there's a whole thing there. But One thing I wanted to point out is that, uh, and this comes out in the, the, the Blu-ray uh, commentary, is that uh, uh, the one scene where... Uh, I forget who uh, – whatever gangsters uh, – <laughs> I can't follow. There are too many characters. I know, right? Um, they they want to stick it to Jimmy in some way. They, they want to send a message to Jimmy. Right. So they're going to um, hurt his girlfriend, right. uh, Pearl. Yeah. And they grab her – they go up there and they grab her by the throat and they slice her face Yeah, yeah. from, like, the top of the corner of one for- part of her forehead – down across her eyes, down to her face, the other way. So that's essentially the exact same scar that Michael K. Williams, Chalky White, has in real life.
1: Hmm. Is that right?
0: He, he had a scar, he, and he said he cannot watch that scene and still to this day hasn't watched it because wow. it's so reminiscent of what happened to him.
1: Oh, my God.
0: He was in a bar fight however long ago. Got cut off. A on. friend of his was getting about to get his ass kicked. He got involved to try and stop it before anything really started. A guy had a <gasps> box cutter of some sort oh my and god. slashed him. Yeah.
1: Oh my yeah. god!
0: slashed him across the face, so he can't watch it. So, and and this is the guy who's been in the wire and whatever else. I mean, right, he' he's a
1: very handsome guy. Yeah,
0: good-looking guy, a fantastic actor. Yeah, um, in a million things, but he's like, I can't watch that scene. It's like it's disturbing because that's what happened to me. Ugh. the same cut, and, and it was it was. Did they do that by di- Oh, no. a total coincidence. No, it was coincidence. Okay. The director didn't realize it and it was a whole thing, Ugh. but
1: yeah. I never really did quite understand what the point of that was and then she later died. They
0: were yeah, they were sending they were trying to hurt yeah. Jimmy and send him away with a message basically. I mean, that's just yeah. brutal gangster stuff, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I think it was yeah, that's um, exactly what it was. All right. So <laughs> we're like halfway through season one. Let, let's, let's get... I we've got to gotta talk... But I mean, the
1: bottom line is that um, the whole the whole plot line was really about Jimmy going to Chicago so that those connections could be yeah. made and that's really what's furthering the story is the Al Capones with the Joe Torrios yeah. and then, of course, the always with New York with Rothstein and yeah. his crew.
2: And... One thing we need to touch on before we go on is the character character of Arnold Rothstein.
1: Oh, my God. That Amazing. actor is Amazing. phenomenal. Absolutely
2: Amazing. unbelievably good. Amazing. And, uh, the
1: vocal cadence.
2: True to form to what Rothstein sounded like at the time. Is that according right? According to all historical yeah. data, is that that is the kind of the cadence he talked in. He was very proper. He was very... Yeah, the guy uh, was really... not stand it when people would curse. Um, so apparently
0: the actor Michael Stuhlberg mm-hmm. um, or Stuhlbarg Stuhlbarg um, has a, he was doing before Boardwalk Empire he was doing a play with the guy who ended up playing Eli oh and like he's, God, we haven't talked about it. <laughs> Nucky's uh, we're brother. We,
2: we're yeah. I mean, we we're, haven't talked about. We're trying
0: to wrap up a whole season. I in, know yeah, we, we it's, really it's, went
1: too long. But no, no, That's I right. think we're doing so that. I think anyway. anyway
0: those two guys worked in a play when they were hired for Boardwalk Empire. Neither knew the other one had been hired until they showed up on set the same day. Oh. wow, interesting. But uh, the Rothstein guy, he was so well researched that the the uh, uh, directors would say, do this or do that. He would say, No, I think Rothstein would do this because of it. he would spout five reasons why this guy would do this a certain way. He knew the character so well. I wow. absolutely. absolutely
2: I think you know, we, we you know, in some of our notes we have we talk about creepiest characters and Arnold Rothstein I think was just genuinely a creepy guy. It yeah. was always about how he could fix things and how he could you know what's
0: he most famous for?
2: Well he's the most famous World for fixing Seen. my team's World Series. Right. Um ninety two.
1: Awesome. I'd like to think that I have a little personal connection to that as well. Did you do? Doc Graham.
0: Doc Graham. Doc Graham. Moonlight Graham. Explain that, please. What do you think? Oh, you don't about? know that story? I don't know your story. Oh, this is a great oh, story. Oh,
1: it's a great story. My dad is from Chisholm, Minnesota. Yeah. And in Chisholm they had a doctor for the school doctor for all the kids in the school and the school doctor was Doc Graham. He had um, Suffered this blow to his uh, suffered reputation after being involved. He played baseball and uh, was sent up to the range to take care played of the Played baseball school with who? He was on the White Sox, the
0: 1919 Black White Sox, Sox. Yep. yeah. Who Rothstein famously did he actually fix the, l- the world. White Sox? He did, so yeah. He fixed it, all right. Um,
2: he definitely did, without question. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys were not making a lot of money back then, and yeah. it was just—it was too easy to buy him off, and he offset the what he was paying them with what he was gambling against them on. Well, so, that's the
1: interesting part about the guy is that he is so composed and yes. he is so proper, but he has clearly got a compulsion.
2: Oh my God, unbelievable! He, Around yeah. gambling, that a he gambling addiction,
1: not. I mean, yes.
2: It's not. It's beyond even yep. addiction. It's it is who beyond is. Right? It's who he is. It I is mean,
1: really just a. Com- uh, he's just compelled. Yeah, to, yeah. I
2: mean, everything that drives him involves gambling. Yeah. And uh, and really, everything that drives him is around fixing gambling. It's yeah. not even about the gamble. Yeah. Right. It's about making the odds work so for far it. in your favor that it's not worth not doing it. So this is to become gambling.
0: That comes right, back to haunt really him in, in
1: it.
0: Oh. season three, I think, when he's gambling in Nucky's place and yes, he fixes he the, the, the game and it's a whole yes. issue. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's definitely an interesting yeah. point. And before we jump ahead, yep,
2: i just want to throw ahead. one more character out there that we haven't even touched on yet, but the Commodore. Play, right. they, oh, they, oh, I wanted my right. love, DB, right. uh, Dabney Coleman. Yeah, Dabney Coleman, Coleman right. uh, in an epic kind of... Uh,
1: Swan song of a career. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, he's a guy who has been very, extremely prolific in almost a, uh, a secondhand kind of a way throughout his career. Yep. He's been in countless dozens of movies. Oh, yeah. He always does a phenomenal job. He always plays somewhat of a foil. I mean, He I does, mean,
1: and he's always very, very true to... Yeah, He's, he's believable he is, in everything he does. He's yeah. believable, and he, he displays no interest in, in being liked. Right? No no he just none wants to absolutely do what, none. What is what is asked of the character? And
2: the commodore to me is is probably the most despicable Ugh, character from season doubt, 1. Michael.
0: So, we learn that uh, I mean the commodore is sort of a background character, not really there until the final couple three or four or, episodes. Yeah, two or three
2: episodes, right?
0: And we find out that a uh, before the bad bad stuff. This this is the, the light stuff. Yeah the, that, uh, yeah, the Commodore was involved with Nucky on an election fixing scam and the Commodore went to jail for it, effectively taking the fall for Nucky. Right. And when the Commodore got out, Nucky had taken the Commodore's place as the guy. The guy in, in the Atlantic City. City. Right. And the Commodore's pissed about this. He wants to be back in the game but he's not. The bad part is that we find is the Commodore basically employed Nucky to do his, his bidding. I mean, to yeah, do right. whatever. And one of the things he did is Nucky found Jillian on the boardwalk or somewhere, uh, brought 13-year-old Jillian to the Commodore as his offering. Offering. That's a it's great a word. Only way to put uh, it.
1: And Jimmy was conceived.
0: Jillian gets pregnant at 13 or whatever, hence, she's so young in the show compared to Jimmy. Um, and uh, Jimmy is Commodore's son. Gretchen. And that,
1: is, that, that relationship is revealed at the end of the show.
0: Right, right. The, um, I think it's the
1: last the, episode.
2: And know, Gret- Gretchen in a oh tour the force. She by is like, uh, phenomenal.
1: So I don't know, before this... She should win an award.
0: Before this series, I didn't know her for anything except four-rounders. Right. She was... Matt Damon's girlfriend in Rounders. Great and
2: Rounders too. <laughs> well, for a great movie.
1: Yeah, I no, know. I I never really had a, a, any affinity but this this is a I mean this is the role of a lifetime.
0: She's in, in the role, she's in the running for creepiest character too.
1: Oh my god, absolutely. I mean the second season is when she gets Here's really right. creepy, but um right. Sorry, Michael. The
2: beauty of the beauty of the Scorsese vehicle is that Everybody's in the running. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, it's it's not whether or not you're in the running, it's whether or not, or how long you're in. Right. You know, how far deep you are into the running. Right. So,
1: I, I mean, at the end we have the situation where Eli, the Commodore, and Jimmy are all fixing. In gang up. Yeah. In cahoots, gang up on Nucky. And Eli has been shot. At some point with all the uh, mob mob stuff that's been going on. So when we're really, really waiting to see what's gonna happen and Jimmy's poised to you know the season ends with Jimmy poised to be a central character again.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean all right. So that's effectively season one. It is. Yeah. Um Alright one of the things I wanna talk about, and this is backtracking a little bit, but uh, sort of a, a it, it can continue beyond uh season one is this, when this season started, um, the first season when the, when, the, when the, the series started, was the first time I had heard the name Tim Van Patten oh. in probably twenty years.
1: From Van, the White Shadow. From the
0: White Shadow. But the Van Patten directs everything. The Van Sopranos. Patten's direct everything.
1: Yeah.
0: I hadn't. I was not into the Sopranos. I, I never. It, really? it, p- it passed me by. They are. I was epic. Right. Uh, not only a t- uh, not only a directing family.
1: Get that on
2: Blu-ray, my friend. But a, uh, but a um a tennis playing family. That's weird. Remember
1: the nineteen seventies? Battle of the Network. Battle stars? of the Network starts. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> Dick Van Patten was uh, oh, the patriarch of this tennis playing. Uh, Movie and TV directing, most beloved father of the 70s You know, I mean, oh my god, are you kidding? Have we talked enough about Tim Van
0: Patten? (laughs) No, 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 we haven't.
2: Actually, no. Tim Van Patten. So,
0: Well
1: he is a a fantastic director.
0: I want to at least touch on my relationship to Tim Van Patten for a second. There's a
2: relationship. There's
0: a
1: relationship.
0: So the summer between, no, yeah, between eighth grade and (laughs) freshman year in high school. Um, getting ready for football. Okay. Uh, drinking my Joe Weider weight gainer shakes, shakes trying to get this from 120 pounds eighth, to
1: 130 pounds. What you 000. say, eighth grade and freshman? Yeah. Were
0: you in Dallas? I would have been in California on my way to Dallas.
1: On your way to Dallas. Uh, so. Robbie
0: the robot. Every. <laughs> All right. <laughs> every, uh, every day during the week, we'd go to the beach or whatever. But before practice, before football practice, I would. uh in California, I would sit down and watch an episode or two or three of The White Shadow. It was a marathon on every afternoon. Nice.
1: Tim white Van Patten,
0: Salami, Salami, the greatest white player on TV at that point. At that point, it was no amazing. Process, it was amazing. So you
1: learned a lot of life lessons too from a coach,
0: right? Well, and he, so here's my connection. Not so much Salami, Van Patten. Uh, <laughs> Was Ken Howard the coach? The rec. White Shadow. The White Shadow. Yes, yeah. he
1: was the White Shadow.
0: My dad, I believe, played against him a couple times. Oh, in Notre Dame? No, in upstate New York, high school basketball. Uh-huh. They are they are New York family. And but he may have played them here or there or whatever. But more importantly, they went to some sort of a I don't know if it was a junior high or, or high school leadership camp of some sort. Like a student government type of a uh-huh. thing for a weekend or a week or whatever, um, and they were like, I don't know if it was roommates or they were friends in Good this job sort of. of getting v-
1: the facts to the story, but listen,
0: way. L- I'm too old for facts <laughs> at this point. It's fast and loose, let's go. Um, so he knew him fairly well from this like leadership camp, not so much the basketball stuff. Uh, he went on. to... I mean, my dad played in college, and this guy played in college, and uh, but. Uh, so, yeah, Mike Connection the White shadow. And also became the owner of
1: Cable
0: Town. He did. Cabletown. <laughs> and Cable my dad worked at Comcast. It all sort of comes what's together. what's Cabletown? Well, I mean, right. to give him his due,
2: though, he has oh, a been an extremely prolific director. Extremely Tim Van Yeah. What is he's some of the other stuff he's done? Uh, well, I mean, he he has directed everything from episodes of the show Ed, which was on a long time oh, ago. A good show. The Wire, which was right. by far. I think that's one where his connection to Boardwalk came in. Uh, multiple, countless episodes of The Sopranos, um, Deadwood. Mm. Remember wow. Deadwood, which was a great vehicle on the, the Gold Rush era. The gold, Yeah, the Gold Rush era in the late 1800s, early yeah, 1800s. Yeah. Um, just has a Game of Thrones. He's directed episodes of Game of Thrones. I mean, this guy is. Uh, uh, you know, they're an interesting family in that they have a lot going on there, and you don't really. You kind of hear their names or you see them on the screen as they're as it's kind of flying by. Yeah, uh, it's the Penny Marshall thing, right? Everyone right. thinks of her as Laverne. Everyone thinks of Van yeah. Patton's as Eight Is Enough. Well, there's a little bit more to it than that, right? There's some depth there. He didn't
0: direct all the episodes, but uh, I not mean, all, but a, no, no, a, a healthy amount, yeah, right? Yeah. And so same
2: thing with The Sopranos. He, didn't, d- he didn't direct all of those, yeah. and uh, Scorsese's good about moving people around. Like,
0: yeah. hey, I want
2: I want this to go in a different direction. But he's got
0: a core group of I don't know three well, yeah, or four I mean, directors. And they sort of rotate, they rotate it's around. But it, it each episode's it, got its little tweak.
2: Yeah, and it gives it the nice twist where yeah. really when you when you get to it on a Sunday night when it's in season. You don't know what's gonna happen, right? I, I mean, do don't think on a going. weekly
1: show though, like this, like The Sopranos, like all the great HBO shows, the writers tend yeah. to take more responsibility without question than a director.
2: But the directors can definitely tinge it. They can Absolutely. make it, they can make something seem different than another director might. Absolutely. Or or bathe it in a different light. And that's what I really like about the show is, is that week to week you might get an episode that's uh, I, I don't want to say flat because it's not the wor- right word, right. but you might get a, an episode that's more. Uh, yeah, right. You, you might get this this more flow of personal information or some more flow d- of like your s- the setup yep. is that all right? This week's episode is a total setup as- episode. Some episodes week, just
0: get you from A to B. Right? A bunch of motherfuckers
2: yeah. are going to die next week. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I when some there've been episodes of of this that's where true. I've gone. Oh my god! Next week's going to be a massive bloodbath. Okay. They always come through us. So
0: when we get to season <laughs> three, that's, that's the true. bloodbath. Uh, right. Oh. my! One thing I want to talk about season one, and we'll we'll cut this off and go to season two. But season one, the sort of uh, overarching thread or the the theme, even going into it, is that, and it's sort of a I think I think Jimmy tells Nucky this to his face: is you can't be half a gangster yeah and that's what Nucky's trying to be the entire episode right half politician half gangster where does he lie? It's sort of a it's not you're not sure where he's at. the second episode kind or the second second season continues that a little bit by the third episode he's a hundred percent gangster right and well, and we'll get there eventually but uh yeah oh season, he's getting there Season two is almost that linking episode in between season one and season three right. Right. Well, he's
1: really tested in season two, right? Yeah. I mean, between yeah. getting arrested, going to trial, having been shot, left for dead. A lot going yeah. on there. Um, All
0: right. Let's pause it. I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Take a break. <laughs> pause. I've got to
2: set. Uh, Take a break. Brendan no. O'Neill's guest network.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Are you going to be tracking everything?
0: Okay. Hello? All right. It's good. It's working. All right. Before we start season two, so (laughs) I was watching the DVDs as usual my past couple weeks here. Um, some you have little kids, Michelle or a little Little kid. You should make sure they see this or he sees this. Um, Yours are too old. Probably mine are way too old. Um, (laughs) Sesame Street. Yes. Did a Boardwalk Empire inspired. Scene.
1: Really? A they whole some,
0: segment. They do some great. Called Birdwalk Empire. <laughs> <laughs> right? wow. One of the characters is like is called Nucky Clucky or something to that effect. They're all birds. One group is ducks. One group is, is chickens. It's amazing and it's <laughs> terrible, but it's. Kid where, stuff. And where, were,
2: where was the racism heavily laid? On the ducks or on? the... <laughs> I'm thinking the chickens. <laughs> the, chickens the misogyny. The ducks were racist <laughs> toward the, the chickens. <laughs> you know, that's a point we haven't even touched on. Is the misogyny in, oh, in the entire it's, show? It's, it's just so. It's just the 20s. A given yeah, for the I time. Mean,
1: yeah.
2: uh, it doesn't. I, I. I think it's just part of the backstory, but it. It, it is something that's very interesting to me. The way. Uh, there's a lot of casting off of uh, of yeah. women and women being treated in a misogynistic fashion. Uh, it it's just another note that it's a completely different
0: era. Well, it's, I mean, I mean, that's sort of that in t- the shoes. <laughs> <Exactly. Right. laughs> it, that's tied into I, I meant I think uh, the the whole Margaret thing is that um, she's the one woman maybe in the entire series who has a brain. The rest of them are not. Involved.
2: She's the smartest one of the lot, without question. Short of
0: Jillian. Jillian, maybe. Right?
2: maybe. Jillian is very smart she's and very cheating. calculating. genius. Yeah. Calculating. Uh, that doesn't play out well for her long run because she plays too many... <laughs> uh,
1: Listen, she's such a sad, sad sack.
2: Um, oh, without question. I mean, she's a compelling character she's because... Disturbed. She's disturbed. She's so disturbed and she's so amoralistic, yet...
1: She you has that whole backstory, right. the backstory that makes
2: it real, yeah. right? Uh, it doesn't make it real enough for me to make me that sympathetic for her. Yeah. But it makes it real. Yeah. How's that? Definitely. Um, you are a product of your environment. Absolutely. Which is why you turned out the way you did.
0: But. Oh, my parents <laughs> have a lot of explaining girl. to do. Uh, okay, there's two things <laughs> that I want to point out. Texas. There are... That's why I don't live there. Um, there's a,
1: a number of things,
0: like weird things that, not weird, but unique things that come up throughout the series. I'll point out but and, and there's there's probably a dozen of these different things throughout different episodes. And this may be back to episode one or, or, or season one or season two, I'm not sure. But things like, early on, I think it's Nucky or at least it's Mickey Doyle and it's Chalky and it's whoever random characters and the, they're loading boxes of whiskey onto trucks or, or whatever it is. Um, they're processing the that week's take of whatever it is. Um, uh, at some point Chalky says like something like I'm going to kill those motherfuckers or this damn this is a motherfucker and then he walks away. And then the other white character is like, "Motherfucker! What's a motherfucker?" <laughs> As if no one had ever heard that term, and in the, this little world, effecti- maybe no one had. Effectively, Chalky White invented the term "motherfucker" Mother <laughs> in that episode.
1: <laughs> credit, which I found like. credit
0: hilarious. White. I was laughing my ass off. Like, yeah, that had to come from somewhere. Maybe it was the twenties. I don't know. What I don't think it was. I don't think if it
2: was, it was, if it was before that, it wasn't much before that, right?
0: So it's I thought, I mean, that's a, a, a little that's more modern lexicon, right?
2: I mean, that's not, yeah. It's not a big
0: thing, but I caught that like, oh, that's very interesting. Like, Chalky White.
2: It's not exactly Garden of Eden speak. In this he, world, he, <laughs> yeah, he might have introduced this. it. right. I love that. The other one,
0: effect. and there's a number of these things, sort of historical references for, like, idioms or phrases mm-hmm. or common speak that you'll hear today when you don't know anything about it, but back then... It had a, a, a reason or a cause. Right. One of those was the, the real McCoy. Oh. And you see this, I think it's season one. Um, one of the rum runners on the boats who would get alcohol from the Bahamas and bring it into the eastern seaboard was uh, William McCoy. Ah. And he was known as, he was not a drinker. He was not a lawbreaker he was sort of a uh, an honest criminal and when you when Nucky or whoever and i think in this case Nucky and his team are are receiving uh shipments from Bill McCoy, McCoy. uh he is the source of the phrase the real, the real McCoy. mccoy if you got stuff from him you know it wasn't diluted and it yeah, wasn't it, was, it ah, wasn't gut rot whiskey it was the real stuff so hence the real mccoy Love it. is now out there but there's if you watch the first say three or four... Um, there's only four seasons, but say three seasons, there's like one of those in almost every season that comes out like, oh, I didn't realize that's the source of that.
2: That, right. So... Right. Those are about The me. 20s were a great time. I mean, they... It, it introduced a lot of different things to, to the United States, and and it really was a, an epic time of change in this country. Well... Uh, beyond... I'll, you know, and this is expanding and breaking out from the show, but it just people's people changed the way they were from the teens to yeah. the twenties very rapidly and accelerated that through the end of the twenties <sighs> and then it kind of fell off in the thirties and everything went back to that mm-hmm. what what became
1: was well, the great war right right
2: I mean it became the norm like that. The holistic, uh, you know, the mom, the dad, the white picket fence, you know, the... Well, you had the first war,
1: and then you had all these people saying, hell, we may die tomorrow. It's the great war. This is as bad as it's ever going to get. And you had this sort of exuberance about what's next. And I do think, as crazy as it sounds, prohibition was a function of good tensions, right? You well, had a lot of people with a lot of drinking problems. The road and to hell.
2: Was paid for no, the and the truth is, right? the women
1: wanted to vote, and that's how they got it done. The temperance movement, right? The well, temperance I mean, movement was satisfied by getting the vote. Suffrage, right?
2: right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly. Like, and can one be tied to the other? I don't know that you can clearly. Of course, well, can. I don't. I don't know that you can clearly tie the two together. I think you know, that
1: Nucky did a gr- the show did a great job. Well, the of show showing did
2: that. show that. Yeah. But w- what's real and what's
1: there's no doubt that the that the motivation for prohibition was basically that you know we these women country. had a cu- had a bunch of problems with a bunch of drunk husbands, and they figured if they could get the stuff outlawed, that their lives would improve. And the politicians came in and said. We'll do this for you, but you better vote our way. And that's the way it worked out. It, it was is.
0: a changing in.
1: under the guise of progress.
0: Yeah, but I mean, putting aside, holding off some of the, uh, I Cyticism. guess, larger <laughs> cultural <laughs> implications, it was effectively a chain, a legislative change in the diet of the American. When they came over, two hundred years prior, one hundred fifty years prior, so much of the liquid they consumed was alcoholic, right? For safety it reasons, was
1: pickled, right? Yeah.
0: I think that lasted for a long, long time. Even, I mean, even kids would have. Sure. Uh, wow, well, there was a name for it, but uh, a, a lesser alcoholic beer. Yeah. Um, and I think that continued for a long time. Near beer, perfect. Uh, and I think. Pick the date, 18 something. It became where well, people were just getting drunk, and it became out of control. And that continued, and it was. I think it was years and years of <laughs> women like fed up with this bullshit, and then the temperance movement kind of came into right. vogue, into uh, being, and forcing the hand of politicians to all right.
1: Yeah, but they these guys are nothing. fucking
0: idiots. We got to get them yeah, off get them the street. Line, that's right. true. People are falling but, down but women had
1: absolutely no standing and no right. power. The only right. way the temperance movement moves up is when is when, a man, when the men see it beneficial to them. Of course. And the only course. way men see the temperance movement as beneficial to them is by getting a voting public to block behind them. I right. mean, that's that's right. the reality of the situation. Yep. And they they politicize that as much as anything else. So. Uh, clearly, the lo- the rules weren't enforced.
0: Clearly. Sorry for the abrupt end of the show, but for the first few episodes where we recap each season, we recorded them all in one sitting and needed to break up the discussion into consumable, bite-sized pieces centered around each season. Thank you for listening to the Boardwalk Breakdown Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Boardwalk Break. Future episodes of this podcast will focus on a single episode of Boardwalk Empire.